my name is Caleb. I'm on staff at DCC, and I lead the creative and production teams. Thank you so much for listening to A Church in the City podcast. Before we jump into this episode, I have an exciting piece of news that I want to share. DCC has been a church for 10 years, and we've always been a mobile church. We've been praying together, we've been believing together, and we have started to feel like God is drawing us into a place to where we can put down some roots. We've been looking, we've been praying, we've been searching, we've been walking through buildings, and we've found an amazing space that we would like to call our own. We're calling this effort The Roots Project, and you can find out more at achurchinthecity.org slash roots. There's also a link in the show notes. Uh, There you'll find all of the info about our goals for the project, the building, and a place to donate or to sign up to volunteer your time or your skills. What we're inviting you into is to prayerfully consider partnering with us financially. We're looking to raise about $150,000 to put a down payment on this piece of land and the building, and we need this down payment within the next 60 to 90 days from when we record this in late February of 2023. Once we have these funds for the land deposit secured, we're looking to raise $100,000 more to be able to put a good facelift on a lot of things in the space that are going to need them to be move-in ready, such as paint, new flooring, carpet, basic internet, coffee, all of that good stuff. We've got a lot of people that are already partnering with us, but we're asking that you would join with us as well. We want to invite you to personally pray, go before the Lord and say, God, what would you have me do? How would you have me partner with DCC and The Roots Project? Maybe it's sharing the information about what's going on with some other people that you know, a boss, a coworker, a friend, a family member, whoever, seeing maybe they would like to partner with us on this project. It's one of DCC's strongest beliefs that a church building is not a destination. It's where we gather and where we're sent out from. And I want to invite you to partner with us in that. Partner with us in prayer. Partner with us financially, whatever the Lord might put on your heart there. Just partner with us. If you've got time, if you've got resources, if you can volunteer, we're looking for help from anyone and everyone in a lot of different ways. So to get involved financially or with your time or skills uh, or to just learn more about the project or to kind of have a place to just share this with somebody else, uh, that's all on our website, achurchinthecity.org slash roots. Everything about the project is there, and I'd invite you to go check it out and share that with a friend or 30. With that, I hope that you enjoy this message, that it enriches and encourages you today, and that it serves towards fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers. Amen. Amen. So, great series that we've been in, in my opinion. Um, just unpacking, reminding ourselves, shoring up this history of the gift of salvation that's complete. Um, it's been really good for me. It, it's, I think it's always so good to, to go back to our basics. And sometimes maybe it's the first time we've gone through the basics. Sometimes maybe it's the 10th time or the 50th time. Where, where could we ever go wrong with that, you know? Where could we ever go wrong with doing a little house cleaning and kind of looking around? Hey, speaking of house cleaning, I killed a spider this week by myself. I was so brave. No, 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 listen. I was so brave. I have a tendency to be a little melodramatic when it comes to bugs. 
for no reason other than I like attention. And I have been really pushing myself. And this week, again, I've, I've had a lot of situations to where I've had to practice what I preach this week as far as believing that God's already in a situation before I get there. And um, I was just home and I was making dinner with my family. And I did my, the thing that they love the most, which is when I just grab a high bar stool top chair, like one of those chairs that sits real high, and I climb up on top of it to do something. They love when I do that. And I just squished a spider on the ceiling and dropped his carcass on the floor. That's how it happened. So I, there's nothing you guys can say to me today. I'm just telling you. It was my provision before my need. I had the courage there. I was locked and loaded and ready. And uh, I'm just saying, God's been doing some, some good things in me, even in just in that little bit. Um, but yeah, just to kind of pull us all together, I have kind of had a similar week to what I'm kind of been hearing you guys share this morning of just maybe week or whatever. I mean, I, I feel kind of like it's, um, it's, it's a, like it's a dead horse sometimes every week because we all talk about, we all come in every week and go, man, I've had a rough week. And sometimes I'm like a little irritated with myself and it feels like a, like a dead horse conversation. And some of it, I just feel like it's just life. And I keep defining it as a bad week or a rough week. And I was actually listening to a podcast this week and this guy was like, you've had a bad day? You mean you had a bad 10 minutes? I was like, oh, dang. That's rough. Anyway, I say all that to say sometimes maybe we need to even just brush off our perspective and stop looking at every week saying, man, I've had a rough week. Man, I really went after it again. Like, it, it, you know, I think of, um, and I can't even remember which uh, time period it was, but there, I, I just remember reading a story, so I'll just use this as the picture. But like, if you're a soldier, if you're someone who's meant to take ground, if you're meant to conquer, if you're meant to be victorious, why do I get frustrated when I face a battle? It's ridiculous. If that's what I'm made to do, why, like, you know, they, they talk about like soldiers of old or warriors of old, like they get stir crazy in times of peace even though that's what they fought for, right, is to bring peace, and they're there to protect peace, and I think that's great, but they talk about how, like, it's hard for them from a soul perspective because they were made to take ground. They were made to battle, and yet I find myself a lot of times just constantly like, oh, I had another one again this week. Duh. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to, to take ground, to battle, to, and if it's not for me, it's for someone else, and so anyway, that's just free, and my perspective little smack that I got this morning while we were in worship. And, and again, just even all the words that went out, like I faced a lot of situations this week and I legitimately believe that God was very real to me saying, hey, I'm already here. The situation that you just got pulled into or entered into and it feels chaotic or crazy or tense or whatever, I'm already here. Recognize me, I'm already here. And now I will tell you, it took me a few minutes to hear those words, but once I did, I was able to definitely like enter into it. So I kind of want to talk about provisions and blessings like that this week. That's the, that's the topic that was given to me. And I thought when, when they first started, when we started kind of going through assignments, I was like, oh, I'll take that one. That one's an easy one. And then I realized for myself, it's really not. Um, this is an area that I have seen in my life since I was a little girl, very distorted by people in the church. 
very misrepresented. And I had a lot of bad theology for a lot of years around this topic. And, you know, honestly, we can look back at some of the, a lot of the topics that we talked through, and I think we can probably all even talk about different ways that maybe we saw some some poor misrepresentation of the gospel, of the complete salvation. You know, we, you know, there was years where, you know, repentance was talked about in this, like, in the, the, the statement is the hell, fire, and brimstone era, right? Which some of that is good. I think we need to be, understand and have a reverence for the Lord. But there was an era that there was a lot of, like, groveling and trying to earn and, and get God's favor and all of those types of things. There was a lot of things that went around in the church throughout my growing up about, like, our calling. There was a lot of creation of a sacred, sacred secular divide, right, to where, you know, church leadership is up here and the church people are down here. And so, you know, really these are the ones who are called and these ones maybe every once in a while can step into something, you know, if God gives them grace. And so I loved like what Chris was even sharing on that, that this is, we're called, we're sons and daughters. There's none of this. Like we're in this together and God's given us a plan and a destiny and a purpose. And I, I've had a lot of years in my life to where I, I heard ministers or I heard people talk about, healing and saying, God doesn't heal anymore, or you're not healed because you don't have enough faith, or you're not healed because you're in sin. And again, if all of those things are true, then it's not a complete whole thing that's reliant on being in Christ. Then that's something that's in me, right? And it's just not the complete gift of salvation. That means that I'm only operating just on this sliver and on this small, small piece, and I don't want that in my life. You know, we're, we're called to be a people that bring the evidence of salvation of the goodness of God. I'm evidence. Like, my, li- my life should be a living evidence to those around me of the whole complete work of God. And these things that we've been talking about have been that. Again, provision and blessing. You know, I grew up in the name it and claim it era. It's where a lot of pastors and a lot of preachers, you know, talked about just just name it. Just say what you want and call it into being and... and uh, and we give to get, right? We're going we're gonna to sow into the kingdom so I can get sevenfold. So I'm putting $100 in. I'm going to wait for my 700 you know, or whatever. Like, this is all this formula mentality that we kind of, that I grew up with. And I said to Kevin yesterday, I said it was this mentality that God wants everyone to have a Learjet with a blonde, big-boobed bombshell sitting next to them. That's what it was all about, right? Some of these pastors even picked them out from the front row. Left the one they were with and said, I like this one. God, told, God showed me this one. And I, you guys are laughing, but these are true stories that happened throughout the course of history. And it, again, it's just all these things that we continue to try to bring the salvation of the Father, the kingdom of heaven, into our temporal, fleeting dying world. And we want it to become part of this world instead of saying kingdom of heaven come. We want to say this world become what I want. And that's just not, that's not the life that we're called to, right? Again, we're called to be a people to bring evidence of salvation and the goodness of God. Not called to be a spokespeople for the lifestyle of the rich and famous, as much as we all loved Robin Leach. And anyone who is under like 40 years old has no idea what I'm talking about. But <clears throat> so um, I've got a lot of scripture today. If you have a problem with that, you should probably talk to the Lord 
because he likes it when you read his word. So, and again, water, not moonshine. I did see that you guys all donated a new water jug to me back there because there's all kinds of these back there for me so that way I can keep up on my water. Man, you guys are easily entertained today. I'm loving this. Um, So I want to open with this. This is a very familiar passage for us as we talk about provision and blessing. Very familiar, Philippians 4.19. And my God will liberally supply... I like to use the Amplified Version because I like some of these descriptors that are thrown in there. Actually, Chris originally turned me on to this, and I I like it because it kind of helps me understand what what words are intended to mean and stuff. So, and my God will liberally supply, fill until full, your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Let's all remind ourselves of the key statement at the end, in Christ Jesus, which is where we belong, which is where we live, move, and have our being right? That's where we're founded. We're founded in him. Our forgiveness, our calling, our destiny, our purpose is found in him. And that's where our rock is. Like Lori shared this morning, that's our rest. That's our sanctuary. That's the place that we belong. It's such a beautiful thing. Um, And we'll get into the secret later. I've got a self-help book for you guys on how to uh, get all the riches and glory. So hold on and pay attention and you'll get there. So I believe personally that there is a difference between provision and blessing, okay? So provision to me is, according to definition, it's the measure of being taken care of beforehand. So we talked about that this morning a little bit in worship. It's the Father, he's already provided before I was even conceived, right? He's been there, he's, he's gone before me, he's beside me. He's behind me, but it's the gone before me part. He's the life before my life. He's the provision before my need. He's the redemption before my sin. So he went before me. He laid, he laid a foundation of provision, putting down what I was going to need for me to, to basically partake in and to walk in along the way. It's not, it, it's not getting what is deserved to me, Right? Provision is not something that's deserved to me. That it's not like I. It's not like you know. Some of us go to work, and so therefore we did this. So the transaction equals this. Okay, provision is something that was laid before us, saying that as you walk, I've already, I've already kind of set up, you know, markers and things for you to collect along the way. I've already put all the things that you would need before you. I know sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Sometimes we walk through life and we don't feel like that provision is there. And that's where, again, I encourage us to lean into Christ. And we'll talk about that a little bit more this morning. And then I think that blessing to me is, and by definition, it says to confer or to give prosperity or happiness upon. So it's to, to give upon, to, to give to someone. So it's not something that you had. It wasn't previously put out. It was given. It's like, it's a gift. So to me, that's almost like getting what is, has not been earned. Or you know, we're walking in God's favor, which I didn't earn. I don't. I don't have a right to that. Right? It's something that's been placed on me as a gift, based on. And so, therefore, to me, that's a blessing is operating in that. I just think it's important to to distinguish between the two. Um, in Luke twelve. 
just to kind of set the stage a little bit, Jesus is out talking to the crowds, right? And a lot of this scripture is going to be very, 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 very familiar to some of you. So it's going to be your choice, just like I had the choice when I read through it to go, okay, am I just going to glaze over this or am I going to try to really like pull out and, and see where maybe these areas in my life that I have kind of allowed myself to, um, to believe something less than the fullness of God and less than the fullness of salvation. Uh, so yeah, Luke 12, Jesus is walking with the crowds. He's sharing with them. He's talking with them. He gives them a warning of the Pharisees. He says, he reminds them to fear God and not men. He, he, he starts to share a little bit about how God cares more from the sparrows. He take, or I'm sorry, cares more for us than the sparrows. He cares for the sparrows. Sparrows contribute nothing, right? But yet he sets them up. He succeed. He helps them to succeed. They have provision. They have what they need. And Jesus is just kind of saying, as a good father, obviously, if he'll do this for a dirty little bird, why wouldn't he do it for us? You know, he's kind of setting this imagery. He's talking about provision of the Holy Spirit that we don't need to defend ourselves in time of need. Right. So and the, the example that he uses is if, you know, you're in front of the religious council and they're drilling you with questions about your faith, you know, is kind of the example he needs. You don't you don't have to be concerned or fearful. The Holy Spirit is going to give you the words that you need. Right. And I think a lot of us face situations and <clears throat> myself personally, I forget that that's part of God's provision. Now I'm in a tough situation. I'm having a difficult dialogue with someone or whatever it may be. And I feel like I've got to tap into my own wisdom, my own resources. But scripture talks to us several times that part of the provision from the Father is wisdom. Wisdom without rebuke. Meaning that wisdom, even in a situation, if you've gotten yourself into it, says God doesn't even rebuke you for that. If you call on him for wisdom, that's part of his provision. It's part of what he's already laid before you, before the foundation of time. So Jesus is kind of just setting the stage. He's talking all of this. Somebody came to him then in the midst of all this and said, and asked him a legal question. Pretty much says, hey, Jesus, like, you know, my brother owes me some money from our family inheritance and he hasn't given it to me. What do you think about that, right? Pretty standard question if it's owed to you. I mean, to me, in my earthly knowledge, I could answer that. I could fix that, no problem. But instead, Jesus says, don't, don't come to me with this stuff. He's like, no, 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 you're, don't be so obsessed with the abundance of provision. That's what he says to him. Now, he's not telling him that his perspective is incorrect or anything like that. He's just saying, look, life's not about abundance of possessions. It's more. And so then he goes into this. And again, this is a little long. Just stay with me. Luke 12, verse 16 through 34. And I encourage you, write these down. Look at them this week. Make sure I'm not preaching heresy to you. Be good for you says, then he told them a parable, which means a story for the purpose of an example. There was a rich man in a land, and the land was very fertile and productive. And he began thinking to himself, what shall I do since I have no place large enough in which to store my crops? So he's getting abundant provision, and he doesn't know what to do with all of his money and resources and time. He says, what should I do with this? He said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down the current storehouses and build bigger ones. And I will store all my grain and all my goods there. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many good things stored up, enough for many years. Rest and relax. Eat, drink, be merry, celebrate continually. And God said to him, you fool. To whereas, can we just pause for a minute? 
some of us with our earthly knowledge would say what? That's just wisdom. Be careful that your wisdom is not founded in your knowledge, but it's founded in his knowledge. So he says, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now, who will own all of your things you have prepared? So is it for the one who continues to store up and hoard possessions for himself and is not rich in his relationship toward God. Jesus said to his disciples, for this reason I tell you, do not worry about your life as to what will you eat or your body as to what will you wear. For life is more than food, the body more than clothes. And he uses this bird analogy again. Consider the ravens, that they neither sow seed or reap a crop. So they don't use any wisdom at all, right? They're not storing up for the future. They're not, they're just, they're some dumb birds. And yet God, and they have no storehouse or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? And which of you by worrying can add one hour to his lifespan? So you're not even able to do a little thing such as that. Why are you worried about the rest? Consider lilies and wildflowers as they grow in open fields. They don't labor. They don't spin. They're not wool to make clothing. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his glory and splendor, who's said to be one of the most wealthy men on the planet, is not even dressed like one of these. And if this is how God clothes the grass, which is in the field today, and tomorrow is put in the furnace, how much more will he clothe you? You have little faith. So as for you, do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink or have an anxious and unsettled mind. For all of the pagan nations of the world greedily seek these things and your heavenly father already knows that you need them. But strive, strive for and actively seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Don't be afraid. Don't be anxious, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom. Sell your possessions, show compassion, give donations to the poor, provide many money belts for yourselves that do not wear out and unfailing and inexhaustible treasure in heaven where no thief can come and no moth can destroy. From where your treasure is, there your heart is. So what's he talking about here, right? He's talking about saying that you guys should sell your house and all your possessions and give everything to the poor and go live in a tent camp somewhere. That's what he's telling you to do, right? No, because that's why we bought, we're trying to buy a big piece of property. It's got 3.6 acres. I think we could all have, I think there's enough of us. We could all put a little tent, communal living. Kristen, you know you want to. Our tents will be by each other. Could get one of those porches that connects. She's not into it. This is not what he's saying. This is, this is about a posture. This is about a heart thing. This is a heart level. He's saying, why do you continue to take your, your effort and your energy and pour it into worry about something God said he already did? We've been talking about this for weeks, right? He already forgave. He already brought me into his family. He already called me and gave me destiny and purpose. He has already healed me. Now, again, like provision, like healing, like a lot of these things, I don't understand the inner workings and how and why and the formulas, and I've yet to figure them out. But I know it to be true, and I believe it to be true, and I believe him to be true. And so he's saying to you, why do you keep putting your effort and your energy into striving 
for possessions and striving to make sure you're provided for when I already told you I did. Lean back on the idea that it's already handled and move forward toward how you can advance the kingdom in which you are a part of. That's what he's just encouraging them. And he's saying, stop putting your effort and your energy into this. my, My time with the Lord so often is spent on seeking is on begging for forgiveness. This is just me. I'll tell myself. Begging for forgiveness and begging for possessions and freaking out if I don't see something going down the path that I think exactly he put before me. Because again, and it's all Jamie's wisdom, Jamie's understanding, Jamie's knowledge. And many are our plans, right? But he's the wise one. So what is he talking about? He's trying to say, my kids, I got you. I got you. Stop worrying about it. I got you. You know, just just trust me. Let's be together. Provision has been laid up. Start investing in things that matter. Whether it be with your finances, whether it be with your time, whether it be with your energy, with your prayers, with your thoughts, start putting them in start building a money belt that actually has value. Because the stuff on this earth is fleeting and useless. So stop trying to lay it up for yourself. Stop checking your cash flow. Stop obsessing about your future. Live and breathe in me. That's another one that I'm really good at is future tripping. So again, he goes into Matthew. I don't need to read that one again. And he kind of reiterates the same thing. Don't don't put your treasures where, where earthly things can destroy them. Put your treasure where your heart is, your wishes, your desires. Put them with the Father. Line up with Christ and say, what is on your heart? Oh, it's seeking and saving those around me. It's, it's being a blessing, being, being uh, an answer to someone's need. It's being a gift. It's being an outpouring. He, you never see throughout the life of Jesus that he's walking on this earth and he, he stops and asks for provision. He already knows it's there. Yet you do see him receive the blessings that come in from multiple places and he puts them right back out. And he did just fine. He didn't struggle. He didn't die from famine or starvation or, you know, getting struck by lightning because he didn't have a roof over his head, you know? He, he lived and breathed and was in step with the Father and he trusted that he was being cared for the whole way. And this is kind of a familiar one. I, I'm just going to put it out there uh, just to make sure that, again, we're, we're continuing to look in our heart and say, what am I idolizing? What am I lifting up? What am I, what, what am I putting? A, to me, if I'm fearful for provision or if I'm desperate for a blessing, again, it's another area that I'm lifting an idol above my father. And I'm not saying that he doesn't have blessings for me that are beyond my daily needs, because I believe that he does. I believe personally in my life, God's called me to big things and, and massive, a massive expanse of influence. And a lot of times those come with a lot of things that we recognize as earthly things. But what I'm trying to talk to us about is our focus and our fixation and understanding that we have what we need when we are in Christ. 
it's already there. I'm not trying to tell you that there's something wrong with living a, a lavish lifestyle. I'm not trying to tell you that there's anything wrong with, with believing for, for big things or great things. But I want us to continually heart check and say, why do I want this? Do I want it so I can build a storehouse and I can say to my soul, you don't have to worry about anything anymore? You can live here and you can do whatever you want and everything will be comfortable for me and I don't have to be involved with other people and I can just live my own life and I can, you know, do whatever I want to do. Is that my goal? Or is my goal to be able to be a blessing, to be generous to those around me, to be able to care for those around me, to be, to be postured and positioned in a place to take care of the kingdom and kingdom-minded things? That's all I'm trying to talk to about, us about is just a level set with that. So Matthew 6, 24 and 25, he says, no one can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, and mammon is money, possessions, fame, status, whatever it is that I'm going to value higher than the Lord. That's mammon. And he says, therefore, I tell you, stop being worried or anxious perpetually uneasy and distracted about your life as to what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body as to what you will wear. Is life not more than food in the body, more than clothing? Again, he's just continuing to reiterate this over and over and over again. And then he goes right into the same teaching that you see in Luke about seek the kingdom. And all of these things just will be a part of it. He takes care of his kids. So, Again, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it feels elementary what I'm saying. Maybe it feels silly. Maybe you're saying, you know what? You don't understand my situation. You know, uh, you don't understand what it's like to be short on cash or to be in a lot of debt or, you know, because again, we always tie provision and blessing to monetary things, right? Because we're Westerners. We like stuff. I like stuff. We always kind of want to pile it up and in, into that. And, and maybe you're saying, I don't understand or, or yeah, Jamie, I get it, but you know, this or that. And I just want to continue to remind us that that salvation is about a positioning in Christ and our job and our, our mandate is to be evidence of God's goodness and his care for this world around him, his care for his kids and to care for his kids and to, t- and to pour out and to lift up and to raise up. So I want to uh, go into 2 Corinthians. Um, I'll spare you all the parts that none of us like. Um, well, I like, I like it, but some people don't, um, about how we should be cheerful givers. We'll just skip over that. We don't want to talk about that. The offering was already taken. I don't really see any fruit in it at this point. I mean, maybe we could take another offering. It's a joke, you guys. It's a joke. Oh my goodness. We're not a church that's trying to get in your pocket. Get over it already. We got to be comfortable talking about money. Get over it. Money's a part of your life. You got to get comfortable talking about your time and giving of your resources. Get over it. It's a part of what you do. Stop holding on to some church one day tried to get you to give too much money. Who cares? Let it go. You're not there right now. Okay? We didn't even pass the collection. Relax. Oh, my goodness. But seriously, you should be givers. You should be. I should be. And I'm not just talking about just like everything else. It's not just about when I show up here on Sunday morning. Because if that's what I do for giving, I'm selling myself short. Just like if this is my only expression of my Christian living, is these few hours on Sunday morning, 
selling myself short. You sell yourself short of joy and participation in the life of those around you. And, and I, I, I would dare say it would shock me, but like, how, how could anyone never, it, you, you, I have experienced so many times where people have come into my life, into me and Kevin's life, and given to us, whether it be financially or an item or food or, a, you know, vacation or whatever it is to where we've received a gift. And I know what a difference it made to me. Why do, I not, why do I not strive to be a person who's in a position that I can do that for other people? I don't want to live there on the receiving end. And I don't mean that out of pride. I mean that out of, I know what a difference it made. I know how it changed me forever for God to come and look and see my situation. And for someone to come, out, come to us out of the blue. I mean, I could tell you guys story after story after story. You know, I, I mean, the, the very, uh, the very, when we planted DCC, right? We, and I don't even know why I'm telling this. Somebody needs to hear it because it has nothing to do with this, but we planted DCC and um, we left, you know, we left our old church. There was a lot of promise for provision from, from people. Not a single one followed through. Not a single one. People told us, we will make sure you stay afloat for at least six months. Not a single dollar, not one promise was fulfilled. Not one. But yet his promise stayed true, which he said, I will take care of you. And so we stayed faithful and we did what we were called to do. And uh, actually we were just joking the other day about this. So, you know, God had to even tweak some things, right? Because Kevin was going to be a pastor and apparently pastoring a church of six people doesn't really come with a lot of money. It's so weird, especially when you're two of the six. Um, and so anyway, so here, then all of a sudden you fast forward and through this whole journey, you know, God's trying to bring provision, right? But sometimes we want our provision to be, I'm going to sit here stubborn and stuck in my ways until God comes through with how I think this is supposed to be. And I think some of that we were in, right? Because here we are, we're, we have no money. And every month, the mortgage company keeps expecting us to pay. And I don't understand because we're doing God's work. So clearly, you know, just, gosh, so much garbage theology back then. But all through this whole thing, you know, people are saying like, hey, um, you got, Kevin might need to get a job. No, no, that's not for us. And Chris is going, hey, Kev, I got a job if you need some money. No, I'm a pastor now. I made it. Three months till finally you get that letter from the mortgage company who says, look, y'all give us the money or we're going to take the house. Oh, so they're serious. Okay. <laughs> so this is real. People really do this, you know? So anyway, so, you know, Kevin, <clears throat> in November that year, after we had planted DCC, Kevin went to work at AMS and we started little by little trying to build out, trying to come out of that. And we didn't know how, but we just knew that even though we were, you know, we had kind of dug this hole for ourselves, that God was going to provide a way. He was going to, he was going to show away and little by little. And, and so he had been working for about a month and actually it was December 23rd that year that we planted DCC. And, um, 
we had made enough of an arrangement with the mortgage company that they were going to chill out for a little bit so long as we kept sending them something. But it was December 23rd. We were literally out of food at our house. And I don't mean like some, some of y'all are like, we ain't got no food. And your freezer has like Totina's pizza rolls and you got some ramen in the cupboard. And you know what? I'm, I'm talking like there was not a, you know, a morsel of food in our home at all. And we just looked at each other and we said, well, the next two days we're going to be at Christmas parties. You know, we're going to, we're going to Kevin's parents Christmas Eve. We're going to my parents Christmas Day. And we'll eat there. It'll be fine. You know, it's not going to be a big deal. We had no gifts for the kids, which again, that's not life or death. But when you're a parent, it kind of sucks. And we were like, but they're the only grandkids. They'll get they'll get plenty. They'll be happy. They'll be set. We're just, this is what we're going to do. And then Friday is going to come and we'll at least be able to throw some more money at the mortgage. And this is where we're at. And uh, that day we resigned to that. We had a good posture about it. We said, God, we trust you. And by midnight that night, somebody had given us enough money to catch our mortgage up in full, to put groceries in our house and to buy both of our boys a gift. So we put our tree up. And I, I don't know why I share that other than to say, like, guys, he's got us. And sometimes we do get ourselves into situations. And we got ourselves in that situation. And it is what it is. And, and we misstepped and whatever it may be. But God is always faithful. So we need to stop worrying about all of these things and stay in check and stay in line with the Spirit and let him lead and guide. Um, I am kind of running out of time here, so I do kind of want to just sort of pull this together a little bit um, and continue to remind us again that it is about posture. It is about positioning. It is about putting ourselves in that place. Um, I know I said at the beginning that I was going to give you the secret to Paul's statement, and God will liberally supply your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We can't hear statements like that and pull them out and say, this is the one I want. I'm going to put this one on the mirror without reading everything that came up to it because it's important, okay? Paul's journey is important. Before he talks about this, please understand that this letter is written from prison. From prison to where I would say, God, you're not being fair to me right now. Life's not fair. I've had a bad week. <laughs> I think being in prison equates to a bad week, personally. <laughs> Just saying. Um, and again, Paul doesn't, he's not remorseful about any of that. He just says, so this is the, this is the scripture that leads up to it. Philippians 4, 10 through 13. He says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that now at last you have renewed your concern for me. And, and he's, talking, he's not talking to the Lord. He's talking to the, the people of Philippi. Indeed, you were concerned about me before, but you had no opportunity to show it. Not that I speak from any personal need. The man is in prison. Not that I speak from any personal need. I could list some needs he might have. Just putting it out there. Not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy, regardless of my circumstances. I know how to get along and how to live humbly in difficult times, and I know how to enjoy abundance, live in prosperity. 
in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life, whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having abundance or being in need. And this is where he goes into the famous scripture that we all love. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. And I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confidence and peace. And then he goes into the passage and says that God supplies all of our needs. So this is a man who literally said, if I'm flat broke, I don't care. I've been in both places and I will continue to choose and to give my life postured as an outpouring to those around me. This is a man who was even almost like some of his readings, you could say he was begging for death. So he could be united with Christ. And he even resigned that desire and said, I'm doing this for you because my life is for you. My, my joy is complete in you. That's the way Christ lived. That's the way I'm called to live. We are image bearers. We testify to the complete gift, the wholeness of salvation in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This means that it's assumed in my everyday living, living <laughs> that I'm forgiven, I'm free, I'm a daughter, or a son, I'm delivered into his kingdom, I'm healed mentally, physically, emotionally, completely. I'm called, I'm destined, I'm provided for, and I'm blessed to give. And I have power and authority, which Lisa will talk on next week, so you better be revved up and ready. Um, if the band could come up, and, and we're going to just go into a time of response. I just love, <laughs> thank, I love that song, and I bet I was listening to it all week, and, and again, I've had a lot of opportunities in the last couple of weeks to, to kind of have to be faced with this, to live this out, to say, God, are you already here? Because I want to walk away right now. I want to walk away from what's in front of me. I do not want to fight for what's in front of me. Have you provided a way out? Or have you provided a way through? And that's the thing sometimes I feel like we have to ask ourselves, God, did you provide a way out in this situation? Or have you provided a way through? Because whatever it is, I'm staying with you. And there's been a couple situations this week that he said, go through. And I said, I don't want to. He said, I don't care. <laughs> and it was better on the other side. And if I'd have walked away, it's, it's hard to say where I would have ended up. But I just keep listening to that song. Whatever I walk through, wherever I am, your name can move the mountains wherever I stand. That's a provision that's already laid before me. And if I ever walk through the valley of death, I'll, I'll sing through the shadows my song of ascent. This gift is of no blessing if I don't receive it, but it is complete, it's whole, and I have to trust the giver and I have to be willing to walk with him. And if I'm finding myself in places to where I don't feel like I have provision for it, I need to stop and ask him, am I walking in your provision? Am I walking in what you've called me to do? And again, we're talking bigger than money, right? This is about a heart posture and an alignment and us saying, I'm done with fear. I'm done with anxiety. I'm done wasting my, my energy and my effort on these temporal garbage things. And I choose to believe that he has already put everything before me that I need. Amen. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Church in the City. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, Google, wherever that may be, Amazon. Uh, and then share this episode with a friend so that we're fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers. And a quick reminder about our new building project. You can get involved in a bunch of different ways by going to a churchinthecity.org slash roots. Until next time, goodbye.